Welcome to the Celtic Way Podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Seasons come and go, darling, don't Welcome to the Celtic Way Podcast. Good to be with you as always. I am Matt Kinzera here with my great friend Scott Jenkins, the creative director of Celtic Way. And before I hit record, we're just talking about the winds of change because both of our lives, Scott, are are flowing in different directions than what they have been for for a while. And you I mean, you you have some huge changes coming, and uh, even things that started this week a little bit, right? So, oh yeah, let's just talk a little bit about this in in the concept of you know not just it. I mean, people don't care maybe what our lives are doing as far as <laughs> changing their lives. Really, but, I can't but, believe that. But people, yeah. <laughs> the listeners might be interested to hear you know, more of a spiritual context because change is a part of life and we live in a society that revolts against it mostly. But I think, you know, again, Celtic spirituality, nature, change, it's just all, it's all intertwined and it can be, if you view it the right way, it can be really exciting and, and beautiful and glorious. Yeah, let's do that. I like those lens. Beautiful, exciting, and glorious. You know? and, and terrifying. Did I forget that one? <laughs> terrifying, right? You know, what is that old Celtic saying? Not all who wander are lost, but we're still wandering. You know, it's yes. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's perfect because the lens that I want to look through today and talk about and invite people into is something that Chris and I are experiencing, and I would say our Celtic Way classes, which have now just uh, come to a close for the summer. Um, but it's this is very much the theme that we're going through is looking, really looking at our spiritual journey through the lens of lived experience and finding God in the common, the ordinary, in that in nature. <clears throat> and then some of my friends and I were talking about because I just retired from Mile High Ministry a couple few days ago, last Tuesday. And um, like we do, we sit around when somebody leaves, um, we sit around in a circle and we do affirmations for people and and then we do prayer blessing over them and everything. And a lot of these things for the last 15 years I created and, you know, so that was kind of weird for me to be sitting, you know, in the middle and having all this taking place. You talk about change and we talk about transitions like you were saying, you've been living in Eau Claire now for almost 29 years, and you've, again, that's changing. You're going to mm-hmm. move. You and Susie will move. And um, and these transitions, I think they have to be honored and taken both seriously and joyfully. And the things like what you and I are going through, I hope we take them with some sense of adventure and some sense of thanksgiving and gratitude, you know. And there's always... I don't know about you. There's, it's gotta be right when you're doing something new by definition. It means there's unexpectedness waiting. 
right? Yes. So we just did our Beltane celebration a few weeks ago down at the Heartlight Center. And um, our executive director, Terry, had the room just decorated in such a way where this is all indoors. These two long tables covered with red and white tablecloths, candles covering them, symbolic of the ancient ritual for Celts at Beltane to walk between the fire. And then the fire, of course, is a place of transformation. And so I had people stop, like if there was an invisible line there. This is the threshold you're going to step over. And I wanted, I encouraged people, gave people some time in silence to think about what in their life do maybe do they need to let go of or make space for? And what is it that they're reaching out toward? Or what do they sense that is, that is coming toward, towards them? Knowing full well that in some people in the room are going through all kinds of transition, right? Some people are moving. Some people have are changing jobs. Some people are like, I don't want to work anymore. I'm not. Too, I'm too young to retire. But I'm taking a break. Which when I was growing up, you never did that, you know. But it's like, wow. So now the emails have come in, the text messages. I even met with somebody yesterday talking about how important that was to have have an open heart and an open mind to what's next, to what's new, to what's coming. To have some sense of expectation and anticipation. And then people would say about, is it kind of scary? Well, yeah. But is it kind of exciting? Yeah. And then for some of us that are there, like my age, who are older, begin to look back and say, I've had a number of periods in my life where I've gone through significant change, big transitions. Some of them were even planned, you know, and many of them were not. But either way, there is the unknown that just comes rushing towards us, you know. But after you do that a few times, it's like you can welcome that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm up for this. I've done this before. Let's do this, you know. Retirement is, of course, something new for me. And I wonder if how many of our listeners are on the cusp of retiring, you know, and people, a lot of people struggle. You know, I had to apologize for one thing at Mile High, and that was the train wreck I've been the last three months trying to make up my mind. Am I staying or am I going? Am I staying part time? Am I, you know, and I just said, I, I think that the struggle was so real and volatile for me simply because I loved being here. And I just really couldn't imagine what will life be without this, you know? Now I'm still, I'll have to wait to figure out what that is like. But um, I've known you all for all of, you know, two, three years now. And I think you retired and unretired in conversations with me probably three or four times. This is, so I don't even know if I believe this is real yet, but (laughs) I have documents. (laughs) One of the things I would say in regard to change too, you know, because some change, as you alluded to, some change is planned. Some change is unplanned. Maybe more is unplanned, but there's certainly a lot of change that is planned. I've had situations, my wife, Susie, and I've had situations where we felt whether it was a ministry or just a stage in life, we felt as if it was time for change, but because both of us are pretty stubborn people, we dragged our feet a couple times in that change. And what we noticed and what we learned in those times is there's consequences when you don't allow 
what God wants to do naturally through you in the space of change. Because if you stay somewhere longer than you should, there's there's something that happens that it's like the universe wants to kick you out that door and you're going to go out that door whether you you go willing or unwilling or not yeah and, and so i think there does you know we do have to kind of take a spiritual posture of willingness to change whether that's planned or unplanned if it's unplanned you just are forced to deal with it and you know you might as well do that with joy and anticipation <laughs> and a little right. bit of trepidation i suppose um but i think it's just that that willingness to be available for change in our lives and again we think about the seasons and you know the way things change very naturally and sometimes it's a little later sometimes it's a little earlier but that change is always going to come there's always, always. as much as we don't want it winter will always be here spring will come in wisconsin maybe for a minute and a half but and then you know, <laughs> summer will always be here and so you know, and anytime, even in nature, when we sense that, you know, people are trying to to mess with it, it, it revolts against not being able to change the way it's supposed to. Oh, it does. Yeah. And I think, too, there's something about, you know, the seasons are cyclical. We pound on them. Their messages are wonderful. I always find some new things every every season that comes along. And then I think about if I can use this word stages of life, maybe seasons is better, but stages of development and so on. I, I think one of the great spiritual exercises that I like to do from time to time is to divide our life up into quarters. So if you want to just do winter, spring, summer, and fall, and so on. I do that sometimes thematically and sometimes um I'll just look at the transitions that have happened in those, because I, I think we can learn from that. Because change, like you said, is always a constant part of life. Side note to that is something that I've always dealt with in ever since times of college, where I studied about process theology, that, that there's part of God that's into change. I think God is like, yeah, growth, change, process, movement. Yeah, I think God's very much into that gives me some confidence entering retirement what's next um i have some job offers on the table already uh, which is funny i know i was just reading a book where they included you know where you talked about kind of the the four quarters of change in a in a life they were it was a it was a book where there was a catholic guy referencing a buddhist monk actually that he met with uh -huh. and they were talking about the four stages of life where the first quarter of your life is that you know growing learning the second quarter of your life is really producing and creating and then the third quarter of our life which a lot of people kick and scream against because a lot of us like to produce and create but eventually right. you get to that place where i'm kind of nearing that space right now that third quarter of life which this Buddhist monk described as the time when you have to start teaching and being there for, for right. people who are younger than you. And then the most interesting thing was that last quarter of life, the fourth quarter, because so often, you know, people enter retirement and there's this mentality, at least in America, where you retire and you just sit on your porch and watch the birds, which is lovely. But he described it as a time when you get to pour yourself into your connection with spirituality and God more than any other time in life. And so I thought that was a really neat concept to think about, you know, kind of our, that last quarter of life of just connecting with God in new and special ways. Yeah, I really like that. There is a book um, 
called One Foot in Eden. Have you ever read this? No, but you've you've mentioned it to me before. Is that a John Philip Newell book? It is. is? A Celtic view of the stages of life. So when I'm going through transition, this is like one of my go-to pieces. And I look, okay, what what season am I in? You know, and I look at this old age and wisdom, right? And it's a great time of life. And um, and then I place that up against the transition that I'm going through. You know, and I think, yeah, I had a I had this calling about it's time to retire. And I think, Matt, the biggest thing that I had to really had to engage was so much of my life has been in earning, is in producing, is creating, building stuff, organizations, what have you. <laughs> and when you think about retirement, you know, that is the death knell to me. It sounds wonderful sitting on the porch watching the birds. No, I'm not that kind of person. But it is time for me to let go of having to create and and drive and push and do all this stuff. But then to be like, I think about the the vows at the Northumbria community to be, well, to be vulnerable and to be available and to have what wisdom I do have and to be a, a place where I can share that and engage that with people and those are the kind of invitations without me going out to look for. Those are the kind of invitations that are now coming to my, right to our doorstep, you know. And it's been really kind of interesting to have some people come over yesterday and say, we're really willing to, to be part of the formation of a Celtic community here in Aurora. And you don't have to drive the bus and you don't have to be the star of the show. But we really want you on board to be part of and so I began to talk about this whole thing I think I've shared with you is about the circle of equals, you know, that we all have access to the spirit. We're all equal in that way. And I think in order for a community to invite people into depth and contemplation and meditation and, and learning, uh, and then to couple that with what's going on in our neighborhood that we can help with, that we can be a positive and a healing balm to. So we've we've all talked about this, and and now uh, they're ready to move on that. And I don't have to drive the bus. I can be the old man in the rocking chair in the back of the room if if you need me, come and talk to me, you know. But so I'm really welcoming that, and um, I want to read something, if I may, from. Meister Eckhart's Book of the Heart. You know Meister Eckhart? Know his yes. stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this stuff. It's called A Single Undivided Love, and it's my favorite thing. And when he writes, he's talking directly to God. So this is a conversation from Meister Eckhart, right, to God. And he says, when I open my heart to receive you in times of peace and quiet, this is as it should be. But if I close my heart to you when I've lost my way and my life is a mess, I have failed to know the truth. For these differ only for me, but not for you. For your heart opens to me with a single undivided love. And when we talked about like what would be some of the core teaching, what's our kind of things that we base that comes out of this whole Celtic spirit this captures the great thing of it, that God's undivided love is constant. 
And that smacks against our culture, right? And when we go through change, I think we're a little tenuous, we're maybe a little not stabilized, like, and then we begin to wonder, am I doing the right thing? Do I get this right? And, and knowing this stream, this thread of single undivided love towards us through all the kinds of change and seasons of life. Well, that's the most important gift that we can engage, that we can experience, that we can encounter. And then we can pass on to people who are seeking. Now, you and I have had more conversations than we can count about what are people looking for today and how are you and I involved in, in engaging that? And I was so happy when I shared this with the group as we were thinking about what's at the core. Well, this is at the core. This is at the center. Let's just begin from a place where the image of God that's within us is the God of love who's always for us. Now we can go on from there, right? Years ago, I heard a guy preach in Minnesota, and he said, um, now that you've realized that there's nothing that you can do to earn your salvation, what are you going to do? And it just turned everything around for me. I was like, I don't have to be, yeah. No, I just have to have an open heart to God's open heart of a single undivided love. And I was like, yeah. For more information on Celtic Way, go to CelticWay.org. You can also find us on Facebook at Celtic Way Colorado or on Instagram at Celtic Way Official. Special thanks to Suzanne Kinzera for the music for this podcast. Seasons come and go, darling, don't you know? Love will outflow from the overflow. And time it may make sense Please don't